Coming up. But using this text, according to the commandments I keep concerning her, really determines my love for her. Right, right. Amen. Y'all get that? The commandments that I keep of God from Jesus Christ that are concerning her is really the determinant factor of how much I love her. Okay. And you can apply this to your mother, to your children, to other things and other people too. I love my brother. Well, you love your brother concerning, do you keep the commandments concerning your brother to show your love for your brother? Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Pastor Robert of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Everyone experiences life-disrupting events. When these events occur, we are forced to decide what our next steps will be. Now that deaths from COVID-19 have tremendously declined and safety measures are relaxing, what will be your next steps as a follower of Jesus Christ? Join Pastor Robert and his wife Carolyn for the message series, What Now? as they look at how the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ helps guide our attitudes and actions in the post-pandemic world. Here's the second message in the series, Unlock What You Are Enabled to Do, Part 1. I started to call it Be Empowered, but I thought that was too passive. (laughs) Because we have a tendency when we start speaking of power, we start to see it as something external that God will do. And I wanted to phrase it in a way that would put the responsibility and assertiveness on our part. And so um, thus I changed it to unlock what you are enabled or you've been empowered or you you have been made able to do. And that's the thought behind it. Mm -hmm. And, and today's part one of that. Uh, I suspect we'll have just a part two, but we'll talk more. Uh, we'll talk more about this topic next week when, when in some other facet. But I want to get into this. And as we said, this series is is really about um, paralleling uh, the pandemic with the the resurrection aspects of the pandemic. Specifically, we we covered some statistics last week that showed. Um, indicated how much death was happening at one point and then how much the amount of deaths have declined at this point. Mm -hmm. And so we're paralleling that to the pandemic because on your paper, write this down. This was a point was there last week. Not that we are moving now that we are moving from significant death to significant life. What now? Now that we're moving from significant death to significant life, what now? And so the, the the parallel was the significant death of Jesus Christ and then the significant life of the resurrection and paralleled with the significant death of the pandemic and then now the significant uh, restoration or saving or preserving of life now that the, the vaccines are out and a whole lot of other things are happening where less and less people are now dying. Still people are dying but not as many as it were before. 
So we want to learn from the resurrection, the post-resurrection happenings in order to inform us about how we should what we, what we should do in the post-pandemic world. And so we're trying to grab some nuggets. Um, it's my hope that this study would actually help us figure out what it is that we will do next, individually and collectively, specifically also as Quench Life. What does our, our post-pandemic look like? Mm -hmm. And we want this series to inform us in that regard. That is my prayer. So we're going to do that today, and we're going to use our disciples as a the, the disciples as a case study to look at. And so I'll write that down. Be on your paper. Um, from the perspective of the disciples, what now? From the perspective of the disciples, what now? Okay, I, I failed to mention the uh, scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And this scripture is here because this scripture applies under any circumstance and any situation. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. So that's true for any situation at any time. We should always be trusting in the Lord. And that's a general thing that we should be doing that. What I want to do with the what now in this series is to get to some specific things um, that speaks to our what now. Now, I want to make this clear as well as we're um, as we're uh, comparing the resurrection to the the pandemic the post-resurrection to the post-pandemic, understand this, and I want to make this very clear. I said this last week. The resurrection, it speaks to anything and everything that happens in your life that you could ever experience. There is something the resurrection has to say about everything. Mm. It is the greatest event of human history. Yeah. So it has something to say about everything. Yeah, everything. We just got to know how to draw the line and connect the dots. Mm -hmm. What does the resurrection say about this? And so we're now looking at the resurrection specifically to inform our post-pandemic efforts. So the first thing um, that we want to talk about relative to the disciples, what now, is one, um, going back to normal is not an appropriate option. Write that down. Going back to normal is not an appropriate option. This point was there last week. Mm -hmm. Chances are it may be there again next week mm -hmm. because I want to really drive this home to us that we, we can't be the same. After all we've been through in this past year, we can't be the same. Right. Something significant should change. Right about what we're doing. It has to be. If, if this means anything, we have to move into something more significant. Amen. Look what it says in Mark 1, 14 to 18. After John was put in prison, speaking of John the Baptist, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. 
And Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw uh, Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said. I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. So we see here, it is very clear what Jesus was doing and thus what he was calling his disciples to do. It tells us very clearly he was proclaiming the good news of God. Mm-hmm. He was saying the, the time has come and that the kingdom of God is near. He was saying, y'all need to repent and believe this good news. That's what Jesus was doing when he called them, which means they were called to do the same thing he was doing. And they agreed to because when he said follow, they followed. So get that in, get that. It's, it's clear. He's speaking, he's, he's talking to Simon Peter and Andrew right now. And this message went out to others as well. And he was saying, I'm going to send you out to fish for people. So everyone he called to follow him, he was going to send them out to fish for people. This was a clear message. It's not, it's not, it's, it's not unclear. Now they may not understand the how and all that other stuff, the right. details about it, right. but the what is clear. <laughs> he said, and they dropped their nets. They stopped fishing for fish. Right. And they said, we're going to follow you because you said you're going to make us to become fishers of people or fishers of men. Right. And they left their nets. Mm-hmm. So I say this to you again. After this significant death that we've seen and the significant saving or preservation of life, we need to do something significant differently than we did before. And it is my prayer again, that we, this series will help us inform us about that. Mm -hmm. So the second thing from the perspective of the what now uh, post post resurrection is we should obey Jesus's commandments. We should obey Jesus's commandments. Acts one, four, eight. It says, on one occasion, speaking of Jesus, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. All right. Now, we're going to cover what that command was later. But the point right now, the resurrected Jesus Christ gave them a command. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so we're trying to learn or glean what it is about the post-resurrection that we need to adapt to the post-pandemic. And this is the point, keeping his commands, obeying his commands is one that we need to do. Okay. You might say, well, I've been, I was doing that a little bit, you know? Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into the debate of that. Uh, but I will tell you this, obey some commandments that you, you were ignoring <laughs> before the pandemic. <laughs> the other ones. The other ones. The other ones that you were looking yeah, over. Yeah, the other ones. I can ones. obey those. Yeah. 
<laughs> find, find, find some that you weren't quite obeying yeah. very well yeah. before the pandemic. Okay. And in post-pandemic mode, make sure you intentionally obey those other ones. Yeah. And if you need some help, let me give you some help. Okay. Because um, look what it says here, John 14, 15. It says, if you love me, Jesus talking, keep my commands. Yeah. Amen. If you love me, keep my commands. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is telling us that your love for him is directly associated with the keeping of his commands. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you that again, because some of us think the way we sing, mm -hmm. the way we worship, mm -hmm. uh, uh, is what shows that I love him. Yeah. Uh, Jesus didn't say that. He said, the way you keep my commandments yeah. is what is how you measure your love for me. I didn't say, don't get mad at me. Why y'all looking at me like that? <laughs> <laughs> don't get mad at me. Jesus says, yeah. according to the way you could keep my commands, that is to the degree you love me. Yeah. And this concept, we can we can broaden it and spread it out or apply it in other ways. OK, my wife right here. I can say I love her. But using this text. According to the commandments I keep concerning her mm -hmm. really determines my love for her. Right. Right. Amen. Y'all get that? The commandments that I keep of God from Jesus Christ that are concerning her is really the determinant factor of how much I love her. Amen. Okay. And you can apply this to your mother, to your children, mm -hmm. to other things and other people too. I love my brother. Well, you love your brother concerning, do you keep the commandments concerning your brother? Right. To show your love for your brother. That's a, that's a way that we can we can use this to help us really evaluate our love for folks we say we love. Amen. It can be measured. Mm -hmm. And look what Romans 8:28. You know, we love to quote this passage, mm -hmm. but I want to tie this in here. This it says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Mm -hmm. who have been called according to his purpose. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we will say real quick, well, it's, things are working for my good. Cause I love me. Now let's, let's put the, 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 what we just already covered into this equation a little bit. Yeah. Things are, <laughs> I, I show my love by how I keep my, keep his commandments. So some folks are going around saying, I love God and he's working for my good, but they are more intentional about saying that than they are keeping commandments. Mm -hmm. In fact, they just flat out, just don't keep some, but they still want to claim love. Yeah. And they still want to claim God's working for their good. Mm -hmm. Something's not lining up. All right. right. So right. we got to line this up. We got to make sure that we because we do want things working for our good. Right. Right. But that means that we got to be intentional about keeping his command so that our love is very clear mm -hmm. and true. Mm -hmm. Not just us, just words coming out our mouth. Yeah. Amen.
1 Corinthians 15, 5 through 7 says this. And this, this is interesting. It says, and that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, and then to the 12. After that, talk about the resurrected Christ. Mm -hmm. Verse six, after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Same time. Mm -hmm. Most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. So they were alive when this text was written. Mm -hmm. The, the these 500 people mm -hmm. most of the 500 of the 500. 500 people yeah. who the resurrected Jesus Christ appeared to were still alive when the text was written so they can witness to it and they so can they can, that was they, right they, can they can witness to it right this is an important thing this is one of the things that really brings out the truth and the and the and the, the and validates the the scripture because there were people alive who could disclaim this mhm mm that they saw the resurrected Christ. Mm -hmm. And it says most of them are still alive, but some of them are falling asleep. Mm -hmm. Then he appeared to James, verse seven. Mm -hmm. Then he appeared to James and the all, and then to all the apostles. Apostles. Yes, amen. So it is highly likely when Jesus gave that command that we were reading about, mm -hmm. which we'll find out the details of a little later, they he gave it to 500 folk yeah y'all tracking with me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay it's highly likely and the scripture's not real clear about that but it's likely because he called them brothers and sisters yeah. which means they were followers, followers. of his mm -hmm. he they were followers of his mm -hmm. and he likely gave the command that we're discussing to the 500 mm -hmm. Amen. All right. But look at what Acts 115 tells us. Still speaking of the resurrection time. In those days, Peter stood up among the Peter. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about a hundred and twenty. That's Acts 115. So y'all see that? So he appeared to 500, the resurrected Christ. Mm -hmm. Y'all get this? He appeared. They saw him. Yeah. Yet only 120 of them are together. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Right. And and this is this the significance of this is, is the command he gave. And we'll, we'll again, again, we'll talk more about that. And now 120 of them together. Now we can back it up even further. We know that Jesus, when he was alive, mm -hmm. before he was crucified, he fed over 5,000 men at one point, Yeah, which tells us it was likely about around 15,000 men, women, and children. Mm -hmm. So his crowd has shrunk yeah. drastically. Right. Right. Y'all see this? Say 15K or so of a crowd that he's feeding with some a few fish and a, a few a little bit of bread. Right. Now, Peter talking to 120 folk. <laughs> what 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 is <sighs> what happened there? What happened there? Okay. It it, 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 it it highlights this love for him too. This love, this love that we're talking about, this keeping of command and it being demonstrated by love. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know about y'all. They saw the resurrected Christ. 500 of them. Ah, think about that. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus Draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. We, we 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 shouldn't we if we was a young fool we shouldn't be an old one. <laughs> Y'all get what I'm saying? <laughs> you we should learn something. Right, right. Amen. And we need to be something different. Amen. Something significantly different. That's what's going to be appropriate. It wasn't appropriate for Peter to just go back and go to fishing. And it's not appropriate for us to go back to ordinary living after what we've experienced. Thank you for listening.